0: This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Praxis Mutual Funds. They are a leading faith-based family of mutual funds helping people integrate their finances with their values since 1994. With Praxis, your investments can make a difference for you and the world around you. Learn more at PraxisMutualFunds.com.
1: So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10 31. I'm Rob West. The Apostle Paul sets the bar high with that verse, calling on Christians to glorify God in every part of life, and that certainly includes how we manage money. Chad Horning joins us today to talk about an important milestone in investing that honors the Lord. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, we're always delighted to have Chad Horning on the program. Chad's the president of Praxis Mutual Funds, an underwriter of this program, and one of the oldest faith-based mutual funds in the country. Chad, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about the mutual funds. Great to
2: have you back on the program. Great. Thank you. It's always good to be here.
1: Chad, so uh, you're celebrating 30 years of faith-based investing, and that's, of course, a real milestone. And Praxis has really been instrumental in defining that term, faith-based investing. Uh, What does that mean to you and your team at Praxis?
2: Well, there are a variety of ways to describe this work. For today's discussion, I think we should just agree that faith-based investing is simply the idea that one's faith can inform your investment decisions in ways that lead to different decisions than if it hadn't.
1: Yeah, well, that's helpful and I think really clear as we just think about what this category represents. Now, we're talking about 30 years of history. So what has that looked like over these 30 years?
2: Sure. Yeah, I would say that at the beginning of this period, the hallmarks of faith-based investing included things like the avoidance of certain industries. That's been a part of this industry from the very beginning. And why does that make sense? Well, if a Christian business person would uh, be out there trying to start a business, they probably would avoid investing or starting a business in certain industries or selling certain products that don't match what their faith would ask them to do. Hmm. The call to love one's neighbor as themselves would have many Christians avoid certain businesses that exploited their neighbors. And so that makes sense that as we invest, we would do the same thing. And as the investor has become more distant from the actual businesses, the same call to love one's neighbor still applies in our opinion. Wouldn't it make sense for an investor in a stock to avoid participation in businesses that exploited your neighbor? This thinking undergirds the way that many Christian investors want to uh, practice their avoidance today. Yeah,
1: that's helpful. And obviously, one key part of faith based investing is this idea that we would avoid. Now, let me just follow up on one idea. And you said the investor has become more distant from the actual business. You're referring to buying stocks uh, on the secondary market, perhaps directly or through a mutual fund. But describe what you mean by that distance
2: from the actual business. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Uh, Today, most investors participate through buying stocks or mutual funds. They don't have uh, the ability to operate the business the way a business person might when they have their own business on Main Street in your town.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Now, uh, of course, we go beyond that, and this has come into view more recently beyond the avoid category into other aspects of faith-based investing. Uh, Share one of those with us.
2: Sure. Over the years, the expression of one's faith in the marketplace has changed uh, to go past just avoidance the way that I described a moment ago, and to, for investors to try to have a more proactive impact through their investments. Shareholder advocacy, or some people call it corporate engagement, is a practice that goes farther than simple avoidance. It requires the investor to engage with the company in which it invests. Either by encouraging the management team or challenging them to run their company more effectively and better. Famously, Christians and other investors are credited with contributing to the end of apartheid in South Africa Hmm. many years ago. And this was through shareholder engagement with American and European companies that operated in South Africa that were seen as contributing to the oppression and separation in that society. And today, corporate engagement for Christians takes many forms. Most investments uh, or most engagements, I would say, are effective when there are a coalition of investor groups. There are groups of Christians who support the same idea and that they uh, work with companies in ways that uh, are aligned with the company management incentives as well.
1: Yeah, this is really helpful. Well, of course, we'll continue to unpack this around the corner. We're talking today with Chad Horning. Uh, Chad is the president of Praxis Mutual Funds. We're celebrating 30 years of faith-based investing at Praxis Mutual Funds and much more just around the corner. Stick around. We'll be right back. Grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice are you searching for a way to become a better faithful steward of the resources that god has given you well download the faithfi app and join the 37,000 others who are already using our app the faithfi app will provide you with wisdom community and simply help you stay on track with your finances we have three money management options to choose from so find an option that fits your unique needs it's available on desktop or mobile simply go to faithfi.com and click app to get started Well, it's great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. Joining me today is Chad Horning. Chad is a good friend. He's also president of Praxis Mutual Funds. And we're talking about an important milestone in faith based investing. Praxis is celebrating 30 years of faith based investing, helping believers align their investments, their deployment of capital with their values as Christians. And we talked about kind of a general overview of some of the aspects of faith based investing. Starting with avoiding companies that are misaligned with your Christian values. And then just before the break, uh, Chad was sharing about an aspect of faith based investing that involves shareholder advocacy or corporate engagement. Uh, Chad, I'd like to go a little deeper there. Obviously, uh, this type of engagement is most effective when the investor's
2: interests are aligned with the incentives of the management team, right? That's correct. If uh, an investor group wants the company to do something that the company management team believes will hinder their profits or their success in the future, it's unlikely to be successful. And so uh, engaging with companies requires investors to try to focus on things that both parties can agree on. This process can take months and sometimes years, and so it requires patience on the part of investors. Another example of the way that uh, faith-based investing has evolved over the last three decades is that uh, there's more ability for investors to make a targeted impact on communities through the investments that we make. This has allowed faith-based investors to channel a portion of their portfolios into solutions that deliver a specific social environmental benefit, along with the financial returns that we all need. Some things that we've observed and participated in the past include international microfinance that uh, brings capital to people that can't participate in the formal system, expanding affordable housing, addressing disaster recovery, preparedness for uh, changes in the weather and things like that.
1: Yeah, this is really exciting to see that real change is occurring as a result of uh, shareholder advocacy. Uh, now Chad, Christians engaged in the marketplace can, of course, be a powerful force for positive impact. You just described a few of the ways that can happen, but obviously performance is important as well. So let's talk about that side of faith-based investing. How have faith-based investors fared
2: over the years regarding performance? This is an important question because people invest uh, for the needs of their family, and so we welcome this kind of question. Over time, it's become easier to invest with one's values and not compromise on investment performance. Thirty years ago, when we had our start, there were precious few investment options that afforded Christians the ability to express their faith through their values. There were a handful of us, but not many. Today, there are many choices for faith-oriented investors. There are dozens of mutual funds, maybe over 100, from several fund families covering many asset classes and different expressions of faith. And then in the last decade or so, a few firms uh, have launched exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, to meet these same needs in different wrappers. The factors affecting investment performance are broad and varied, and rarely that just one factor helps us to understand the performance of a fund. So it's been our experience, though, at Praxis that when investment strategies are well designed and executed, that you don't need to compromise performance when you're making a desired uh, positive impact.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's really helpful and obviously a concern of a lot of folks as they go into these types of investments. So we've been talking about this rich history that you enjoy there at Praxis. How has that shaped your investing there at Praxis Mutual Funds?
2: Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. We've sharpened our focus over the years on making a real world difference for kingdom investors. We've started primarily with avoidance screens that we talked about at the beginning, but over the years we've expanded to include seven different impact strategies. We call them Impact X. Maybe we can talk about that some other time. We've also learned that the investment strategies that we use matter. Um, What we do is a method called optimized index investing which provides the investment success that we think our shareholders need to uh, support their families' needs. But we also then couple that with these kingdom impact strategies that I described a moment ago. And then lastly, I think we try to maintain a sense of humility. We understand uh, that the work that God has done and can do through investing is powerful. And we believe that we have much more to learn in participating with God as partners in this work.
1: Yeah, that's exciting work. All right, let's look forward, Chad. Uh, Share with us some of the things you're most excited about. What's on the horizon for faith based investors in the next 30 years?
2: I've touched on this a little bit, but I would expect uh, our industry to continue to generate uh, products and bring products to the market that will serve uh, a wide range of Christians in the ways that they want to express their faith through their investing. This has been happening over the last 30 years, and I would expect that to continue. I also expect that there'll be a convergence on the focus on factors affecting the financial performance of companies that matter both to Christians and traditional investors. Mm. For example, Christians likely care a lot about the people that are affected by companies, as well as the company's impact on creation. Mm. Traditional investors care about these same factors because they believe that how they're managed by a company will affect the company's financial performance. And then at the same time, There's likely to be a growth in investment options that serve a wide range of expressions of faith among Christians so that they can invest in the things that they care most about. I expect that there won't just be one expression of Christian values in the investing world. Some people prefer to focus on uh, items of morality, a Christian morality. They'll find investment products that fit them best. Others may want more focus on uh, Christian social justice, and I expect them to have products that will serve them as well. Yeah, and Chad, you mentioned the growth in
1: this space, obviously new investment options coming online all the time, and that's just going to further expand the range of options available to Christians that can dial into their particular area of interest, right?
2: That's correct. Um, while we're competitors, we're also friends with uh, lots of the folks in our industry that are creatively bringing products to the market that serve this wide range of beliefs and faith expressions.
1: Yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, finally, what encouragement do you have for our listeners as they think about their own portfolios in light of what you shared about faith-based investing?
2: Yeah, first and foremost is I encourage your listeners to think about this as something that they can do. This is possible. And I would encourage them the next time they meet with their financial advisor to ask their advisor how they can invest with their faith. You don't need to compromise the way that you invest for the benefit of your family. Returns are important, but you can make a kingdom impact on the world along the way. Mm. And uh, Chad, speaking of
1: financial advisors, are you seeing more and more advisors that are bringing this faith-based investing approach into their practices? Of course.
2: Yeah, this has been a real encouragement for us, and I know uh, the other fund families as well, over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, the growth in advisors who are helping their clients integrate their values into their investment portfolios. I think we have uh, the folks at Kingdom Advisors to thank for that, and uh, it's just been growing uh, year over year.
1: Yeah, there's no question. And obviously, if this is something your advisor, who might be a believer, but not introduce this into his or her practice yet, uh, it's not too late. They can start up this learning curve along with so many others who are really making a concerted effort to introduce faith-based investing into their practices. Chad, thanks for stopping by today to share the Praxis story. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you again, Rob. It's been a pleasure.
1: That was Chad Horning of Praxis Mutual Funds. You can find more at PraxisMutualFunds.com. That's P-R-A-X-I-S MutualFunds.com. We've got to take a quick break, but much more just around the corner. If you have a question today, call right now, 800-525-7000. By the way, you don't have to call. Just send an email, AskRob at FaithFi.com. That's AskRob at Faith, the letters F-I dot com. Stick around. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis
0: Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive, real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary
2: prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC.
0: My grocery bill went up 11% this year. Gas, utilities, rent, all went up. But my paycheck, the same. I also pay for my own health care, a huge expense. A friend recommended Christian Healthcare Ministries as an option to insurance. And CHM helps pay for medical needs while allowing some breathing room in my budget. Open enrollment is here, so make the switch today with potential cost savings up to 40%. Christian Healthcare Ministries at chministries.org slash faithbuy.
1: You're listening to Faith and Finance, where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources? We're talking about it, and the lines are open to take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Uh, Let's go to Cleveland. Hi, Jim. Go ahead.
2: Hey, how you doing? I really appreciate your program, and thank you for addressing my question. Um, I'm 65. I'm going to be retiring in a couple of months, and when I looked at my projected monthly For Social Security, I noticed it didn't notify me of any earnings that have been calculated for 2023. So I didn't know if it would affect the amount that I get if I filed for Social Security before I filed my 2023 taxes.
1: I see. Uh, no, uh, there won't be any bearing there uh, whatsoever. So 2023 is essentially closed as far as income is concerned. And so uh, taking uh, Social Security now won't affect that. And uh, if you're entitled to any increases, those will come, uh, you know, when you have the ability or, or when, you know, that gets added, regardless of when you take it. The only thing that waiting would affect is, you know, every month you essentially get One twelfth of 8% by delaying taking Social Security in an automatic increase up to age 70. Um, And so obviously taking your benefit check or or starting to receive benefits is going to freeze those increases. But anything that would come by way of you adding, uh, you know, uh, you replacing one of your high 35 years um, through earnings in a a more recent year or a COLA adjustment, cost of living adjustment, those are going to happen automatically regardless of when you take the benefit.
2: I see. Okay, perfect. Well, that answers my question. I deeply right. appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, Jim. Thanks for your call today. Uh let's go to Indianapolis. Hi Nick, go ahead, sir.
0: Hey Rob, thanks for taking the call. Um yeah, just had to a uh, quick question. We um me and my wife just inherited um uh some money from uh passing of, of my father and we um you know we're we're doing pretty well. We were able to uh make, make payments on our our home currently uh, pay the bills, um, so the extra money's. Um, we're just kind of wanting to see what what your advice would be to uh, maybe invest it or uh, you know anything that to help grow the money or put it in a safe spot to yeah see a return on it. So
1: absolutely, Nick. Do you mind me asking how much you received? Uh, it, it was around uh, forty thousand. All right, very good, and and just to confirm what I'm hearing, y- you have your emergency fund, you don't have any consumer debt, and you feel like you're on track with your long term retirement savings.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got a, a Roth, um, a five twenty nine. We got two uh, two beautiful daughters who we're uh, awesome. starting a college plan for, and cool. Uh, yeah, I got a, a emergency, and so you know, it's yeah, just all right, trying to figure out and, where to put it.
1: And any anything else besides the Roth IRAs in terms of retirement? Do you have four hundred one ks at work or anything like that?
0: Uh, no, no, no four hundred one ks. Just um, yeah, I have a Roth, and then my wife has a Roth, so we got okay. two accounts there. Yeah, yeah we all put right. Put two monthly.
1: Okay, and uh, are you self employed or are you W two
0: employee? Uh W two. Okay. Both of us.
1: And is there a. F- 401k option, even though you haven't, you're not putting anything in it or your companies just don't offer 401ks?
0: They they do offer, but they don't match. So, uh, we kind of met with our, uh, financial advisor and and he recommended, um, since they don't match, uh, Roth was a better option for, for kind of our situation.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the challenge with the Roth is you just get to that contribution limit pretty quickly. Uh, So, you know, this year the Roth IRA contribution limit uh, has gone up a little bit, but it's still only seven thousand dollars per person if you're under age fifty uh, and fourteen between you and your wife. Uh, but given that you know, really, you probably need to be putting away ten to fifteen percent of your income. Most folks will find that you know they just they need to be able to put away a little bit more than you know seven thousand a year um, in order to reach their retirement goal. So if you've done some planning. The <laughs> Uh, and you believe that you know that's enough. That's great. If you want to be able to put more away, that's where even a non-matched four hundred one k can be great. The key is just to make sure you're on track for what you ultimately need to save. And if you've started early enough, you may be perfectly fine. You know, doing the just the fourteen thousand this year for the Roth IRA. Um, you know, it, beyond that, you know, if you feel like you're on track to do what you need to do there, then obviously other options would be, you know, number one, uh, do you have a mortgage on your current property?
0: Yes. Yep. I still have a mortgage. We actually moved uh, over the summer, so.
1: Okay. And what's the, so you have a a new 30-year mortgage that you just started? Correct. All right. And what's the interest rate on that since you moved pretty recently?
0: Uh, It's around 6%.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's a guaranteed 6% return on your money, anything, anything you put toward the house. So that's one option is you could accelerate that payoff. Uh, number two is if you don't have a full six months expenses uh, in your emergency fund, you could shore that up. Uh, three would be, um, you know, I, I would look at just any giving desires that, you know, the Lord has placed on the, the heart of you and, and or your wife or together as a couple. Uh, and then four would just be to say, uh, you know, you know let's look at other long term savings opportunities so perhaps you know if you by fully funding your roth it doesn't give you the ability because you're, you know, you need the rest of your income that you have coming in. One option would be go ahead and start contributing uh, to the 401k um, and then just replace that money that you were counting on because now your check is going to be lower coming from your employer. Replace that with money coming out of the 40,000, which in a sense moves it from one bucket to the other. So by spending it down, in relationship to how much you're now putting in your 401k, which you weren't previously, you're systematically moving that into a tax deferred environment. But that's going to come down to ultimately your retirement planning with your advisor, you know, that will help you determine whether you're on track ahead or behind with your retirement savings through the Roth. If you're on track, you know, I'm not necessarily asking you to save more than you need to it's not about just accumulate as, as much as you can it's really more about creating a plan praying over it and then following through on that plan uh, does all that make sense though mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah I know that that's helpful and um, yeah we, we do hope to you know give some to the church and whoever art leads us. And uh, no, I appreciate that, that feedback and advice. So,
1: okay, good. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it'd be one thing if you had that two or 3% mortgage, given that that's up around six, you know, the, the amount you're going to save over a 30 year mortgage by prepaying a portion of it now. I mean, there's a lot of savings there that, uh, that you will ultimately, uh, cut down on by, by sending an extra principal reduction payment. So now God bless you, Nick. Thanks for your call today. Well, that does it for us today. I'm Rob West. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.